Ladies and gentlemen. I got something here. Let's get to the real thing. Welcome to Leap of Faith, where every week we help you transform fear into opportunity. Here is your host, Sasha Karabat. All right, all right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Leap of Faith. So uh, in today's episode, I've got with me uh, a close friend of mine, uh, Andrew Cruz. Now, um, you're really going to enjoy this one. So if you're a coach or you're someone in the coaching consulting space, this is going to be one that you really want to pay attention to because this guy's um, being, a- being able to, to build a multi-million dollar uh, coaching business and then do the thing that most people in the coaching space can't do uh, and actually sell it and exit from it successfully and profitably, which is which is quite fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm keen to get more into that. Uh, he's worked with Eli Wild, uh, Cole Gordon, and um, Doug Bolton as well. Um, after kind of exiting and selling his coaching business, he spent you know many months over in the uh, Shivan, Shivan Shivananda um, ashram, <laughs> kind of connecting with his consciousness and his soul, which is is, is a real awesome kind of shift. I spent some time in the Deer Park monastery and now kind of focuses pretty well predominantly on balancing between the masculine and the feminine energies and being able to really connect into consciousness and provide that level of connection and balance into business and life overall and just an all-around absolute legend of a guy so i'm super excited to have this conversation man thanks for joining me andrew karuch good excited to be here thank you so much for the introduction man and excited to provide as much value to your audience as possible yeah, you do that pretty well. So um, let's um, talk to me about a leap of faith moment that's kicked you off down the journey that you're on at the moment. Ooh, uh, I, dude, I love the structure of this podcast. You're giving me a little insight into that. It's so good. Um, yeah. But probably my my first one was when I was 24 years old. So I was severely depressed from 18 to 24. Um, I went through a breakup with a girl I was in love with when I was 18, uh, went off to college, Ohio university and didn't have any of my best friends from high school around me. So it was kind of starting new, um, and didn't have a support system. So I went through that heartbreak by myself and joined a fraternity, started drinking heavily, got addicted to Adderall and felt so disconnected and so numb from myself for six years. Um, I didn't cry for six years. I couldn't feel any type of emotion. Um, and it, I had a sales job in Chicago when I was 24. And I just felt like a, felt like a robot up until that point. And uh, I came by this poem called Invictus by William Ernest Henley. And the final two lines are, I'm master of my fate. I'm captain of my soul. Mm. And that switched something in me where I had the core belief up until that point that somebody was going to come into my life and change it and save me. And I read those two lines, I master my fate and captain my soul. I was like, I can make anything I want out of this life. Um, I just need to take radical responsibility for myself and make the changes. So I set a goal to lose 20 pounds and to quit drinking in 90 days. Cause up until that point I was drinking four or five nights a week. So I set that goal. I grabbed a calendar, a free calendar from the pizza shop across the street, brought it back, marked off 90 days. And every day that I was sober, I put an X through, um, through each day to track my progress. And I came across this dude on YouTube called, uh, Damian Patrick. 
and he provided really good workout videos that I followed. And then I just tracked my macros. I kept it really simple at high protein intake and low calories. Um, and, uh, I remember 45 days into it, I got into the shower and just started breaking down crying the first time wow. in six years that I cried. And it was just, I was in the shower it was like, holy shit, I'm starting to feel again. It was so cathartic. It felt like a huge release. And then 30 days after that, I kept on my path of working out five, six days a week and counting my macros. And um, I looked down at the scale at the YMCA and I was 21 pounds lighter. It said 160 wow. pounds. And I was like, fuck yes. Um, and then 15 days after that, uh, I was 90 days sober. So it was that, that thing that just like, I just finally started making promises and keeping promises to myself. Mm -hmm. I finally started becoming my word. Um, and, uh, it gave me so much confidence that I quit my job. I started my first business, all of that. And it was just like, that's kind of how I've lived after that. Like my top operational values be your word. And the more I'm mm. my word, the more I feel like I'm in alignment, the more I feel like myself, the better I am to other people. Yeah. And it's, it's been the simple things that have made the biggest differences in my life. So that was definitely my first leap of faith moment was like, so that's, it, yeah, wow. Yeah, it sucked. I, my friends group totally changed. Uh, and like, there were moments where I was lonely um, but it was so fucking worth it. Yeah. I want to, um, what you said, and that gives me goosebumps a bit, cause it's quite similar to some of the elements of like, you know, my, my story and things that I've done. The, the thing that kind of stood out is the shift in terms of like, I guess, like your locus of control. Like you went from thinking that, you know, the environment or the external or someone's going to save me or all of those kinds of things. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for someone, something to come and you know pick me up and take me to where I need to get to. So I think that that's probably why, I mean, this is in, in, in some of my opinions, why that I, I think that some religions are kind of like, they create that external locus of control and then you don't actually have mm -hmm. control over anything. And you're just like at, at kind of like, I guess, whim of what's going to happen to you. So with that being said, like that ability for you or that kind of change in you, like, like i mean going through that process is super challenging you know what i mean beginning mm -hmm. to take ownership beginning to be like this is my thing now i've got to own it like and i think that is really one of the catalysts of any and all change so can you can you talk a little bit on that in terms of like how based on what you understand about it now would you do that again how would you do that mm -hmm. differently how would you kind of bring that kind of awareness into someone else's mind potentially so they can snap out of you know perhaps mm -hmm. thinking like a victim and thinking like like um, someone's going to save me. Yeah, dude. I love that question. That's a really good question. Um, I, I think everything happens for a reason. And looking back now, I know why I was so depressed for six years. Like I have such a bigger capacity to empathize with other people that are in that situation and just right. empathize with people in general. So I'm so grateful that I went through that. Um, <clears throat> but the things I did really well and the things I continue to do with that is if somebody's in that situation, like just setting a 90 day goal where you remove one thing from your life and you add one thing from your life or to your life. Mm -hmm. And 90 days is perfect because you can see a big transformation in three months. 
like one, one month, two months, not enough to see a big enough transformation, but 90 days, fucking perfect. So like setting that goal to lose 20 pounds, like adding that, those, uh, the workouts and the meal prep and that sort of stuff that I had to do that added time to my life. But then I quit drinking or that removed time from things I had to do, but uh, removing drinking that added more space in my life. So instead of going out and being hungover and that sort of stuff, I had more space to fill up. And there were days that I went to, like, I would go to the gym at 8 PM on a Friday, just so I wouldn't go out. And then it showed my brain that it was a priority. Like I, and like when I just went to the gym a week ago at 8 PM on a Friday to show my brain, like going to the gym is a priority because I have a new fitness goal. Um, so that was, that was really helpful. What I would have done different is I would have, um, uh, joined more like workout groups, different communities, like, um, even just like paying into a fitness group or, uh, just paying around, like I've spent over $500,000 on masterminds and coaching programs, that sort of stuff, just to surround myself with people that, are willing to invest in themselves and grow. And that's been the biggest thing for my growth as just personally and as an entrepreneur. So if I could go back, I would have like done more community stuff and like paid into a group and surrounded myself with those people. Cause I was lonely a lot of the time. Um, but uh, after I quit my job and started entrepreneurship, I started buying the coaching programs and courses. And that's when I started getting those people around me that were growth minded and all that. Um, but uh, I would have also done more breath work. Um, uh, like I, I'm a big proponent of breath work to move, to move the energy in my body so I can better process my emotions. Um, I cry maybe every other week now from doing breath work. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I fucking love it. Uh, it's just so. And what cathartic. kind of cry is it? Like, what kind of cry is it every every other week? Is it just like a, a release or like? Oh, just it- just a little bitch cry. Just. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sound like a little girl. No. Uh, <laughs> um, no, like the most recent one was a week ago, and um, like breath work has so many biological components, like bringing a lot more CO2 to shut off our prefrontal cortex from the running thoughts. So we can get more connected to our hearts and our body and how we feel. So like these, I usually go back to like my dad or my uh, ex-girlfriend during breath work and process those emotions even more. And a week ago uh, I hadn't called my parents in a month. Um, and I was like, fuck, I love my parents. And like, I haven't talked to them in so long. And I got connected to that. Um, and uh, right after breath work, I shot him a text saying, hey, I love you. I'll give you guys a call this week. And then I called him two days ago. So it just helps me get reconnected to what's really meaningful in my life. I love that. And, and I want to um, I want to get a lot more into that as we, as we kind of progress on, because like I, I, I do, you know, my breath work session, like absolutely once every morning if not you know twice during the day as well um mm-hmm. so i've got a pretty solid routine around that and i'm keen to kind of hear your insights i know you, you do a lot of facilitation as well and i think there's a lot of benefit that we can draw from that before we jump into that uh what about like what you said around so you you, you dialed in your kind of like health uh more so you stopped drinking you kind of like quit those things over that 90 day timeline and then you said you jumped into like your first business is that right mm-hmm. yeah 
Okay. And what, how, how, how did that, like, what was, what was the business and how did that whole thing go? Yeah. My first business, I bought a Ty Lopez course and that was the key, like course fucking sucked. Um, but it was the turnkey to me becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, it gave me that, that hope, that inspiration that I needed to put in the work into it. Mm. Like it's something as simple as like him saying, it's only 10 clients at a thousand dollars a month to make your first six figures. And there was something in that little phrase where I was like, Oh, that makes sense. It's just math. That's all I have to do. Um, and uh, so I joined that. I uh, came with a Facebook group. I started connecting people within the Facebook group. And it wasn't until I bought Dan Henry's course, Facebook ads for entrepreneurs, where I got surrounded by people that were a little bit higher level. Um, and it was less about the course content. The course content was good, but more about the people that I met in there. So like I would post in the Facebook group all the time, answer people's posts in the Facebook group. And then I connected with this dude named Jeff Miller uh, in the group, who's also in the Masters of Fate Brotherhood now. Um, and uh, I ended up uh, hopping on calls with him. We helped each other out with each other's agencies. I ended up flying down to Miami to see him in person. And it was just like surrounding myself with the people that were doing the same thing as me and just like connecting with them and pick them picking my brain for me working so hard. I was putting in so much work and learning so much stuff and then me picking their brain and, and growing together. Um, so yeah, the agency didn't make any money for the first three months. Um, I was still side hustling in my sales gig, but I, um, I got my boss to let me move from Chicago to Cleveland and work out of my parents' basement and work remote. And basically what I did was I kind of just like didn't do too many sales for that, for that job. And I, I would just get, try to get agency clients and learn as much as possible. Um, And as a business owner now, I was, I would be like, wow, fuck that guy. Like, fuck me. What an asshole. Get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah, Get rid of him. but uh, then after my, my first client came from going to my friend's bonfire and sitting down next to her dad and telling her dad what, uh, what I was up to running Facebook ads for local businesses. And he was like, hey, I own a coffee shop. Can you do it for us? I'm like, fuck yeah. He's like, how much? And I'm like, thousand bucks a month. And he's like, okay. Um, <laughs> so it's just... It was just like, I kept talking about what I did and then opportunities popped up. And then um, uh, I started just driving to gyms and to chiropractors and to restaurants and just offering them free Facebook ads for seven days and run them for them and get them more leads and that sort of stuff. Um, and that's how it all started. That's how I got my first few clients from free uh, free trials at first. And then... Oh. Um, then getting them, getting people to come into their chiropractic offices or restaurant, and and they're like, "Cool, let's let's do it." I um I love the way you describe it because you make it sound like it's just the easiest thing. You just go and do this, and you set it up, and you start, you know, getting out there, slapping some free trials together. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that comes to mind now, I don't think it's as much a problem in the U.S. maybe as it is in Australia. This epidemic, tall poppy syndrome kind of thing, where people kind of don't believe in themselves. And they feel like other people are going to cut them down and they don't do things because they're so worried and concerned about what friends or random strangers fucking think about them and they stay where they are. So what, what I'm getting at of like you and your transformation and story and how you've progressed so quickly is like 
you know, you were this dude who was like getting wasted, getting fucked up and, and life was a bit of a mess, overweight. And then very quickly, like just simply started like learning new things, surrounding yourself with better people. And then next thing you're out there, like, you know, soliciting business with random strangers. You know, so mm-hmm. many people, especially in Australia, like you'd, you'd tell them that and they'd be like, oh, yeah, but like deep down in their heart, like they're worried about what people think. Or they're like, oh, man, mm-hmm. like I just, oh, what about what, like, you know, Sally, oh, man, like the next time I see her at that family barbecue, she's going to ask me that okay. question. Okay. You know, Sally, that know. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could say that on this Sorry podcast. Sorry for all the Sallys. That are- <laughs> <laughs> um, My mom's no, name's Karen, so <laughs> she has it worse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? Like, it's a, it's an issue. So you, you kind of, like, just really moved through that really gracefully. So, like, how, how did yeah. you do it? Was that front of mind at all? Did you just, like fuck it and do it anyway? Like, what was the kind of thinking? Dude, I, I wish I had a really good answer for this, Yeah, but I've always been the guy that kind of carves his own path and does his own thing. Like when I was a little kid, I was a guy with like three years old on plastic tricycle, riding through the neighborhood, shirt off, one boot on, one saddle on. I would talk to anybody, like all of that stuff. Right. Um, so like, that wasn't a big issue for me. And I think it might've been an issue when I was pretty fucking depressed for those six years that I was wondering, like, I was afraid to leave college, even though I knew in my hearts of hearts, that was the right thing to do. Cause it was just a toxic environment for me. So like that kept me stuck. Um, and I, yeah, going to a new college and having to make new friends and that sort of stuff. So th- there was, there was fear definitely around that. Um, but for me, I honestly, I love when shit hits the fan, even when it feels bad. Like when I burnt out in 2021 with selling, uh, selling my business, cause I was burnt out. There was the feeling of like, oh shit, this sucks. And like, uh, I wonder if I'm ever going to be the same again, but there was another part in me that was like, sweet. Like, this is a part of me that's dying off. Like I want to die and like be reborn over and over and over. Cause I know that's how I grow the most. Um, so I, I embrace change. I embrace challenge because I know that's when I'm actually growing, not when the things are easy or comfortable. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a, it's quite a, an, an advanced um, state of consciousness to have in terms of being able to actually like, you know, embrace change and not hold on to what is for, you know, that amount of like foresight that you've got that what's to come that you don't even know what the fuck it even is yet is actually better for you. Like mm-hmm. how did you develop that? Because that's that's some say is that like ashram, you know, knowledge because <laughs> that's like that's like Jedi Knight shit. I see so many people that, you know, crash and burn because they hold on to something crap because it's safe yeah. and familiar rather than letting go and actually stepping into like the unknown simply because it's unknown. Yeah, no, I, I think it was that 90 day goal, dude, that changed everything. Well, wow. Cause up until that point, I couldn't trust myself. Like I would say I was going to do something and then I would go out and drink and fuck it all up. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then when I set that goal and when I completed that 90 day goal, Um, I was able to trust myself again. I was able to be like, cool, whatever I put my mind to, I can accomplish it. Whatever situation I put myself in, I can thrive. Um, So I think it's just, dude, honestly, I think the first step is setting a goal and accomplishing it and being your word. 
um, and a deeply meaningful goal of like my intuition was screaming, like lose weight and quit drinking. And then I finally did it. Um, and, uh, I think it's just like keeping our words so we can trust ourselves and then we can trust ourselves in any situation that we end up in. Yeah. So I think it's like, there's, there's that side of the coin. And then, um, also turning off those limiting beliefs and those limiting thoughts, um, through getting out of our mind and getting into our body and heart. And I remember like in college, like people give me recommendations. They knew I was depressed, not feeling good. And they would be like, yo, just get into your body, just get into your body. And I had no fucking clue what that mm. meant. Um, and now I know how to get in my body through like do exercise. Don't check my phone at all and allow myself to feel those reps, feel those muscles moving and tapping into the moment through that or, um, or breath work. And just whenever thoughts are coming up in my head, breathing harder. So those thoughts yeah. turn off, um, and, um, uh, and meditation too, just constantly bringing my thoughts or bringing my focus back to my breath. Yeah. And that's how I've been able to tap into my body now and tap into my heart. Um, so I think that's super important too, for people who have limiting beliefs, um, is just implementing those energy rituals and just trusting the process with those and thinking about it in a way where one of my favorite quotes is it's the space between the notes that makes the music. Yeah. And up until that point in my life, when I was 24, it was all just jumbled fucking noise in my head. Right. And then when I became proud of myself, I started doing more meditation, more breath work. Like my life became more of a symphony. It right. felt more flowy. Um, and I felt more in touch with myself and everything around me. Um, so I think it's just creating the space between the notes to make the music and tapping into the body and stopping those limiting beliefs that are in our head. It's beautiful. I love that. And, and I, I listened to a fair bit of classical music and I didn't until I actually read that quote myself. I was like, ah, oh, this makes so much sense. Like, this is why you <laughs> like it. You know what I mean? And then when I understood that more, I'm like sitting there and I'm like just becoming so much more aware of all of these like spaces between the the, the notes and it, it's, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah. And it the, feels the good. comes to mind is like, so say, for example, you know, one of the big things that you mentioned was like, you know, jumping into that first course and you know, starting that program with Ty Lopez, albeit, you know, not the best content and everything else. Do you think that if you did not kind of dial in your fitness and dial in the word with yourself and you kind of started the course and you started all this like leveling up in business, like the result would have been the same or not at all? I think it would have been completely different. I think that um, I wouldn't have taken as much action because I wouldn't have been able to trust myself and um, the course material and what I was learning from other people in the group, it wouldn't have actually soaked in because I would have been way more in my head. Um, so I, 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 what I've found is like, it's just all about the internal and going internal and overcoming limiting beliefs and um, and optimizing our energy so we can be, we, we are the instrument. We can be the, uh, the vehicle or the antenna in the vehicle without having to overthink and over process. We can just do and flow. Um, and there are times where I still go back up into my head, but the, the more that I optimize my energy and create those spaces, the more I just naturally take the action. 
And when I am overloading myself with information and watching all these courses, reading all these books um, and, and just implementing, implementing, implementing and not creating any space, I don't get to where I actually want to go. And it's all force Mm. and not flow. So So. question real quick on that, because I want to make it really simple and easy. So like, I understand what you're saying in terms of, you know, body and head and the difference between those things, but what's like just a clear, easy representation of an example of me being in my head versus me being in my body, just so we can make that really clear as well. Distinction wise. Dude, I I love that question. Um, So like, if people have ever been to a party and it feels like they're just like able to connect with everything and ever, yeah. everyone and just everything coming out of their mouth is perfect. They're receiving all the information in and it's just flowy. That's when we're in more of our body and more in our heart. Um, and then uh, like anytime we're not overthinking and we're just doing and in that flow state, we're in our body, we're in our heart. Um, and when uh, we're, We've worked like all day, eight, nine, 10 hours in a day. And then at the end of the day, we can't even focus on what our wife or significant Mm -hmm. other or husband is saying. We are so up in our head that we're so disconnected from the energy that is around us in the moment. Um, So that's when that's kind of an extreme example of being in the head. I like that. Yeah, that's really, really um really clear and i think it's it's a feeling thing you know what i mean like when you're in your head you feel it and you're like you just feel like it doesn't matter how hard you work how hard you push what you do what you're trying to do like nothing works and it it never lines up to your expectation you're always like falling short and you're frustrated you're wired you're kind of like in this like somewhat state of anxiety low level and it just eats you up uh it's it's Mm -hmm. it's intensely unsustainable um but yeah I, i like that yeah yeah. And like, it's still like, I still go up into my head because like there are two parts of us being in the masculine, being in the feminine, the masculine is head forward thinking future. Feminine is more presence in the moment feeling. And um, like last week I was building out a lot of systems in Airtable. I love Airtable. I love systems, building out personal systems and business systems And, uh, I went for four hours straight because it was a flow state. I was in the zone, just fucking crushing it. And then, uh, like the last 15 minutes of it, uh, I couldn't focus, like couldn't think straight. I was like, well, I am way too in my head right now. So, um, I, uh, I had a few calls coming up that day. So I hit a quick breath work session, got back to down to my body and the calls went great. But I feel like what I would do in the past is not hit that breathwork session. Those calls would have went terrible and I would have still been up in my head with those calls. So oh, that's one switch that I've made to increase. Yeah. More co- <laughs> I felt like a fucking crazy person back then. <laughs> that's so good. And I like, let's get more into like the business, like how you started that. I want to understand that as well. Cause I think there's, there's a lot of value that you can kind of share in terms of being able to start that kind of coaching business and then exit it. So like, how did you put that together? Well, that was after the agency that you kind of started or that was much in the same thing. Like how did that all kind of work? So that was the first thing that I coached on. So my agency got up to 15 K per month. Um, and then I just started posting on my personal profile about um, how I was attracting clients, how I was running the Facebook ads. And I started posting in the paid groups and free groups and just offering free help and that sort of stuff. Um, 
and was I wrote this just my like post. An intuitive kind of thing that you were like, oh, I'm just gonna you know start doing this, like posting about it and like sharing it, communicating. About so. It. Yeah. So I hired a coach around growing a Facebook group and that's, that's how I started all of this. And that was so helpful having that community, having examples of posts and that sort of stuff. Um, especially cause like posting in other Facebook groups, most people totally fuck it up, but like, it's all about like thanking the people in the group, thanking the person who has helped you in that group. Um, and like, there are a bunch of different things that you can do. So it doesn't come off where most people are posting in Facebook groups and it just feels salesy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's how I started attracting an audience to my personal profile. Um, and it was like a month and a half of doing that. And I remember doing 10 free one-on-one calls to help people with their agency. And I got testimonials that way. And just, racking up the proof before I had a course or a coaching program was super helpful. Um, and then I made a post, uh, saying, Hey, I'm taking on eight people at $800 for six weeks, helping them with X, Y, and Z who's in. And I had provided everybody on my personal profile so much value. I got over like a hundred comments and, uh, I, uh, I sent them over an application and everything and got, uh, got eight guys in, in 24 hours. Um, and that was my first, my first program. And it's, I also ran messenger bots that were really hot back in the day, um, for my clients in my agency. And I sold those messenger bot templates and I went from a $22,000 month between my agency and coaching to a, um, a $62,000 month from selling messenger bots, like $97 messenger bot templates. Um, and that was like, that broke my brain. That was a moment where I was like, Whoa, I can make a lot of money. And just from like posting and creating valuable things. And, um, I didn't drop below 50 K every single month after that. Cause I had a new standard for myself hundred percent. where it's like, sweet. Um, so then I transitioned more to, uh, my Facebook group grew a lot. And then, um, uh, people wouldn't know how to grow a Facebook group and sell coaching programs and that sort of stuff. I transitioned into that. Um, and then I burnt out at the end of 2018, um, and went to Deer Park Monastery, um, why, for a month. Like, what was it? You just doing too much or like what, what happened? Yeah, it was all me. Like it was oh, wow. sweet. I made over a half million dollars in my first year, my first full 12 months there, which was yeah. fucking dope at 90% profit. Cause it was all me. And then I hired a, an assistant towards the end of the year. Wow. Um, and, uh, and I was chugging coffee. I was traveling all over the place. I went to Thailand. I went, uh, all over the U S I went to Shanghai, China, um, went, lived in the Bahamas for a month and between the travel and growing a business and chugging coffee, um, and being in a relationship, I didn't really want to be in, um, my body just started to shut down. I started feeling really weird in August and felt like I couldn't focus um, and then in October, November, I'm like, oh, this is a problem. Like I can't function whatsoever. So I decided to go to an ashram with my buddy, J.R. Rebus, um, and went for, went for a month and 
meditated, uh, ate really healthy food. And just my nervous system came back online after that, where I was way less stimulated. I got to reconnect with myself. Um, I got, I surrounded myself with monks who were super present and calming and in the moment. And it's like, like some people that we surround ourselves with, it's the people in our life that make our life. Um, so like I just started becoming more calm, more at peace, more connected to myself. And, um, yeah, then the next year I was like, I need to build a team. I need to build systems, all of that. Um, right. did 1.2 million in my second year with team and systems, um, host an event with over 200 people made, uh, did $1.1 million in contracts, um, at that 200 person event. Wow. Um, and that set up, uh, set up 20, uh, what was that 2022 to be, or 2020? Yeah. 2020 to be a really nice year where we did, um, we did uh, 3.4 million in 2020 and then I burned out again in 2021 and sold my <laughs> business. So yeah. Despite having the teams and the systems, like you still, still kind of burnt out at the, towards the end of that year. Yeah. I didn't know how to optimize my energy. I'm naturally wired to be very masculine and right. be very heady and forward thinking. And I didn't know how to uh, optimize my calendar. Like now I have, uh, energy rituals every single day on my calendar. So I have meditation, I have breath work, I have exercise at two o'clock every single day. Um, and that, that has helped tremendously with my energy and getting out of my head and into my body. And now I don't feel like I'll ever burn out again, fingers crossed. Um, but I, I have a natural propensity to just work. I fucking love working. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the, the, the thing that like, I've just noticed, like the way that you describe, um, you know, your growth and how you've gone through these, I guess, like growth trajectories in your business, even in the same way as you kind of described the whole, you know, acquisition of your first few clients with your marketing agency. It's, 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 it's easy. You know what I mean? It's just like, and it's awesome. Like, I love the way that you communicate like that. And it's, it's, it's just so incredible. And I also know in the same, which you'd probably have also experienced so many like coaches and so many people who are in that service providing space, like they struggle. You know, they struggle mm-hmm. to get clients. They struggle to create, you know, content of value. They, they they struggle with like putting together like what their niche is and what they should even freaking sell, how they should charge or what they should do. So like, I mean, if you were to perhaps break it down into like a handful of steps, say for example, startup coach, that's just like, I really want to start my coaching business. I, I, I really feel, you know, compelled to help people, but I just don't know what to do. Should I do Instagram outreach? Should I do cold email should i do facebook ads should i do facebook group you know what i mean like that overwhelm like from your experience and doing this which is phenomenal in the in the time frame like what would you mm-hmm. what would you say would be like the most kind of valuable step-by-step approach to do that uh yeah dude you're asking really fucking good questions um the first is like develop a skill set mm-hmm. so like I, I worked for HBO. I worked for Ubisoft. I was a campus rep in college for those companies and I was doing marketing for them. Um, and then I went into sales after college and, um, like I, I, uh, I got decent at marketing and sales. I was like, looking back now, I would say I was fucking terrible, but like I had skills that were better than the majority of the population, all that. Mm-hmm. So like my skills, skill set was around marketing. Um, and I bought courses to get better at running Facebook ads and building funnels and that sort of stuff. 
So that, that was my very first step. And that was like, cool, I can run ads and uh, help businesses get leads and that sort of stuff. Um, <clears throat> it, it's first develop a really good skill set that's valuable to people. Um, and that sounds so fucking basic, but like you can look at what other people are doing to make money like agency or Amazon FBA or e-com or crypto or whatever the fuck whatever aligns with you. Um, and just make sure it's the one that aligns with you the most mm-hmm. and just fucking commit to it. Like that's the main thing is just commit, say I'm in this for three years yeah, and I am committing to this no matter what the issues actually come up when we pick something and then we get shiny object syndrome and it's like, maybe it's this thing, maybe it's this thing. And like, there's definitely a phase where you can go through that, but limit yourself to like three to six months. Cause like I tried Amazon FBA, I tried e-com, I tried agency and the agency one was what stuck. And that was like a three month period of trying them all at once. Um, and it was like, cool agency works best. And then once you have that decision, this is it commit for three fucking years. And like, if you're doing something for three years, like you're going to get fucking good at it. The first year is probably going to fucking suck. The second year, it's going to get, you're going to be like, I fucking know how to do this shit. Right. Um, And uh, just money-making skills. Like the first thing that anybody should focus on when they're going into business is how to create an irresistible offer. Like Alex Harmozy's $100 million offer book and course, really fucking good right there. Um, Great place to start. Get really good at creating offers. Um, get really good at marketing, get really good at sales. Um, so that that's what will bring the money in and then get really good at delivery. Like there's so many YouTube videos, there's so many books, there's so many courses um, that you can buy to get good at those things and just spend 30 minutes a day, make it a habit, 30 minutes to an hour every single day, uh, focusing on one of those subjects. That's That's where anybody should start and implement that shit. Um, and the mindset behind it too, is like offer creation, sales and marketing is all persuasion. So you can use these persuasion, um, strategies, tactics in everyday life. Um, so for example, uh, really I, I got an upgrade at a hotel about a month ago because I was working on negotiation strategies. Um, and I asked the, uh, I asked the lady at the front desk, Um, Would it be, we had a little conversation before it made her feel really good, had some conversation that was an issue with the room. And I was like, would it be ridiculous to ask for an upgrade? Um, And she was like, no. And then she gave me an upgrade. And that little strategy from the negotiation thing, like that wasn't really a negotiation situation I was in, but I used one of those strategies from Chris Voss, Um, never split the difference. Um, and it worked. So like when I'm learning new skills, like I embody that mentality and I use it like in everyday life, even though it might not seem like that situation. So that's easy way to acquire skill sets really, really quickly. Um, so from zero to 10 K just offer sales, marketing, go, go, go. Well, one offer, uh, one platform, uh, one delivery, uh, productized system, um, and, uh, sometimes you fucking gotta do free work first and get testimonials and get proof and that sort of stuff. Just 
fucking do it. Um, and then from uh, 10 to 25K, um, <clears throat> getting refining your delivery a little bit more, getting a lot more testimonials from your clients. It's, it's still like hustle grind mode, like still in that mentality. Um, 25K to 50K, like uh, bringing on, starting to bring on a team, having an assistant, um, having somebody to support with delivery. Um, and thinking about hiring a sales, sales rep, probably want to hire a sales rep, um, 50 to hundred K starting to build out the systems, maybe the first person on your leadership team, that sort of stuff. Um, then <clears throat> like that stuff, you just, you just do it. The real big plateau where I see people hit, um, like all of those stages are more like mental plateaus more than anything, rather than like strategy plateaus. Um, the plateau that I hit, the first one was like 10K. Then I got to adjust and that sort of stuff. Um, but then it's the two, $3 million marker per year where I hit that plateau. Um, and uh, I see so many people hit that plateau. And the place that I fucked up, <laughs> the place that I fucked up with that is like, I was talking with Cole Gordon the other day and did a, uh, a podcast with him on Masters of Fate. And he was, dude, it was so good. He was just like, the stages are number one, make yourself rich. Number two, make your clients rich. Uh, stage three is make your team rich. So building out that leadership team, having the right, uh, having, uh, the right incentives in place for your team and allowing them hiring the right people and allowing them to build out the systems, the structure, all of that. Yeah. So I was like, man, I fucked that up. <laughs> mm, yeah. 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 What are the main, what are the main like fuck ups that you see people make in that process? Um, Cause that's genius. Like the way you just described that, I'm like, fuck, if people just listen to that, like you guys listening will fucking do well. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I did. <laughs> I, uh, I did great in stage one. Um, I ran profit first and just made sure that I was fucking profiting and profited a lot my first year. Stage two, our client delivery was great. Like <laughs> Cole Gordon was actually started in the seven figure CEO program and like have a bunch of people that made over seven figures uh, from that program. I mean, he's a savage. He would have gotten there regardless, but um uh, but I did really well with that. Where I fucked up was um, not uh, hiring, not vetting the like my hiring process sucked. Um, and it's it's Warren Buffett always says that it's the boat that we're in that matters most. But what matters most second is the people that we're rowing with. And I just didn't have the right rowers in my boat. Um, and it's nothing on them. It's just like, I had a shitty hiring process. And, and now what I do with, uh, I have a couple businesses, but with masters of fate, um, uh, one of my favorite things to do, we have a four stage interview process. So we do a screening interview, we do a work history interview. Um, we do a skills interview and then we do a values interview. Um, and if you want to learn more about that, the book who goes into a similar process as that really good book by Jeffrey smart. Um, 
Uh, but though that interview process has helped me vetted, helped me see red flags right away in people. And I take my time with hiring now, especially since like, I'm, I'm in this for the long run. Like I've committed to this for the rest of my life. And that was another thing that I fucked up actually was I saw tribe of buyers as a stepping stone to my next thing where it kind of was like, I put it in my head where this isn't a forever thing. So it's just a stepping stone Mm. where that's why I fucking limited my growth and burnt out. Like now going into this business, like it's my forever thing. Like I changed my mentality around it. I'm in this for the long haul, um, delayed gratification on a lot of decisions instead of trying to profit more and more every single month. Um, And I'm way happier um, and, uh, just like I see the, the going to go with that new mentality. So. Mm-hmm. Man, that's, um, that's, that's huge. I, I feel like every coach or every, every person who's in that kind of like coaching space or consulting kind of space needs to hear this. Like that is absolute freaking wisdom, you know? And that's, it, it's awesome because it's like, coming from a place of complete experience of, of being able to do it. Um, one thing I want to touch on quickly before we transition into, you know, what you do in terms of energy strategies and what you're doing at the moment is, you know, being able to, to kind of like exit your coaching business. Like that's a, that's a super impressive, you know, feat to it, to be able to accomplish as being like a, the face of the brand and, you know, the dude who is, you know, the, the, the one that people buy into, how did that whole thing go? Um, and, and how was that whole process for you? Yeah, good question. Um, I I built an asset that was really enticing to other coaches. Um, so I had over $1.1 million in contracts that were still needed to be paid off for the next 12 months. Like, of course, people wouldn't want to buy into that. Um, I had a Facebook group of over 30,000 people, had a large email list, like had good marketing assets. Um, had a team. My systems were good, but not great. But really what the buyer bought was the, the contracts of the clients. Sure. Um, some of our, uh, our training, our IP, uh, he really, really liked um, and saw how it could fit perfectly into his stuff. Um, and he loved that we had big marketing lists. Yeah. So those were, uh, those were the big things. And, and are we cutting out, Sasha? Yeah. I mean, uh, are we cutting out or are we good? No, I feel like you're freezing up a little bit on, on your end, but is it, is it okay on yours? Can you still hear me and see me fine? Yeah, I'm seeing you freeze, but hopefully it records well. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Okay. We'll go through and they'll, they'll kind of like clean it up anyway. So we'll be right. We'll just have to chop this little piece out. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, um, there you go. So I built I built an asset that was really really enticing, um, and uh, I was just the reason why I sold my business was I was just like tired of running it. My heart was out of it, and I wanted to make a change. Um, and I knew that for like six to eight months before I actually started looking for a buyer and that sort of stuff. Right. Um, so I uh, made a list of uh, clients that might buy it. I made a list of um, uh, people who could uh, introduce me to people who might buy it. And I made a list of competitors. 
Um, and I reached out to, uh, reached out to them, um, told them, Hey, I'm looking to sell. Um, for some of them, I had them assign uh, an NDA before I told them anything, sure. um, just so I could have peace of mind around that. Um, and I had six people that were interested. Um, and then we went through, um, like them evaluating the company, um, and then, uh, Intent to buy, intent to, I forget the legal jargon around it, but um, had one guy that was good fit, had uh, like, he could keep running it and I wouldn't have to worry about it. And um, uh, he had an intent to buy. And then um, it was a pretty, like in the coaching industry, it's not like sales of other businesses where it's this big lengthy process and like, all these lawyers and all this stuff. It's just like, it's a super new industry. So it's kind of like a down and dirty business sale um, uh, for the most part. Uh, yeah. So um, uh, it, it felt really smooth and seamless. And yeah. we just went back and forth with lawyers like three or four times to do some redlining on the, the document. But sure. um, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> like, honestly, it wasn't too complicated. Awesome. Dude, yeah. I, I think the, the thing that I'm getting the most out of this whole thing is just like your your mindset to the way that you kind of think about things. And it, uh, there's this like um, calm, composed, resolved level of kind of like confidence that you have about what you do and, and, and who you are that I think supersedes everything. And I think that like, I mean, based on just my interpretation of your description of what you've done and how you've kind of handled a lot of things, like that seems like, it kind of underpins a lot. Um, it, 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 it seems like it anyway, that's what I'm kind of getting. And it's just like this like real cool level headed, like, yeah, it's easy. I've got it. And then, you know, it's, it just fucking happens. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks dude. Yeah. There, there are definitely times where I freak the fuck out. Um, but I, I get the thing is I get over it quickly. Um, I think it's just like we have these natural reactions, natural human propensities to like be in fear or be in scarcity. It's just like, how quick do we get over it? And like those energy rituals have helped help the most. Yeah. Um, and dude, and thank you so much for the reflection. I love like hearing other people's perceptions of me, good or bad. So oh, yeah, happy, happy, to, yeah. happy, to, happy to, to, to give you that. Um, and so what are you doing nice. at the moment? What's you, you've kind of alluded to it briefly throughout the, the podcast a little bit, but um, what's the current focus uh, and how's that aligned with your future? This is your forever thing. So let's, uh, let's hear that a little bit. Yeah, dude, thanks for asking. I, uh, so when I went to the ashram last year, I just needed to get my nervous system back online. I kept asking myself, can I build a business like that again? Can I build a multi-million dollar business? And the, the answer was no, no, you can't. Wow. And then it wasn't until I went to the ashram and got my nervous system back online where I finally started having energy again. And then the answer was like, yes, and you can build something fucking bigger with more impact. Okay. And um, I was going through, like, I believe there are four seasons in life. I went through a long ass wealth building season. Then I entered a spiritual season because I wasn't connected to myself. And then I got reconnected to myself and I'm like, I'm fucking lonely. I want to hang out with people now. I don't want to be a monk for three years. Sure. So uh, I, what are you going to ask? 
Yeah, no, I said sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then uh, I started. I was like, I want to hang out with people. I started traveling. I entered a relationship season. I traveled with people, met people, all that stuff. And the big switch that happened for me was in uh, Marrakesh, Morocco, where I went to um, uh, with this company called Experience House. They brought 25 uh, entrepreneurs and artists together. Um, and we went to Morocco, we went to the Sahara Desert, we went on a hot air balloon ride, had all these experiences and um, met this dude, Jason Brown, who uh, was a CSO of a couple billion dollar unicorns. And he was on his, his spiritual path, um, had just read uh, The Surrender Experience by Michael Singer. He was just like following those little body nudges everywhere. And then I read it and I was like, just like, meditating, doing breath work, following those little body nudges and so much serendipity started to happen in my life. And I was like, this is amazing. Um, and, uh, that's when I started, like, it started to come to me and I started to download it more when I stopped trying to force myself of like, Mm. what's my next thing. And then it clicked for me where it was like, I want to help the guys that were me when I was 24, the guys who are kind of lost, don't have a path, don't feel good about themselves, that sort of stuff. And I want to help the entrepreneurs that are on their path to burnout so they don't burn out. So they implement these energy rituals. So they're around the right people. And they're not just in these masterminds and coaching programs. They're just talking about business, 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 business. And they neglect their relationship with their wife or their relationship with their girlfriend or um, or themselves, or they, they just gain a bunch of weight. So uh, I wanted to create a holistic um, approach to life. Um, and I, I started in Morocco asking people like, Hey, what's your life vision? Like I had a, I had a vision for my business. I had values for my business. I had systems for my business, but I didn't have it for my own personal life. And I'm like, wow. Holy shit, that's weird. My life is way more important than my businesses. So true. You know? Yeah. Mm. And, uh, so I started asking people there, like, what's, uh, what's your life vision? What are your values? Like, what do you truly believe at your core? Um, and I got some people that gave good answers, but I had the vast majority of people that gave wishy-washy answers. They weren't super clear. It was kind of boom, ethereal. And what I found is the more I can define what I want and the more clear I can be with the worded wordage and verbiage and have that image in my head, um, the the faster I get to it and the closer I get to it and the better I feel about it and the better I feel about my life. So I was like, oh, this is a big, like just human problem in general. Um, So I started to create my own life vision and ask myself the questions that I would want to know for my life vision. Um, I read uh, The Values Factor by Dr. Demartini in 2018. Great book, helped me create my initial values. And then I expanded on that. He helped me establish my lifestyle values. I also created operational values and character values that have helped me a lot with just faster decision-making coming from my heart and what I actually want. Um, and then I started creating core beliefs, uh, from my vision. Um, and, uh, instead of being weighed down by my limiting beliefs and then, um, started implementing these energy rituals, um, and implementing habits around them. And that was like, holy shit, that's basically the cycle for our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions produce our results. Yeah. It's just like our core beliefs 
If we can create core beliefs, we can have an anchor for our thoughts and create new neural pathways from our core beliefs and from our vision. Um, We can have energy rituals in place that help us align, get back in alignment with how we're feeling. And we can implement habits from our goals and uh, create new habits that will be anchors for our actions. And that will produce our results. Um, So I was like, holy shit, I want to bring this to <laughs> like other people. And I started implementing it and have been getting great results from it. Just yeah. happier, feeling better, um, growing the most I've ever grown in my life. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I started the Masters of Fate Brotherhood um, and we officially launched in April um, and we have 62 guys in there now. Um, two events per year. Sasha's in it. Um <laughs> And uh, it's all around like the mission is just evolving the next generation of men to be uh, to be wealthy and wise, to be peaceful and profitable um, so we can live the best of both worlds, Um, because there are a lot of wealthy people that I know that are not wise. And there are a lot of people that are hella profitable in their business, but they don't have peace. So it's like, Mm -hmm. how how can we have both? Well, it's taking care of our feelings, but also developing our skill sets, um, and mastering our thoughts, mastering our feelings, mastering our actions. So mm. Dude, that's, yeah. um, that's inspiring. Just listening to it, you know, like me, me, me kind of like hearing that, although, you know, being part of the brotherhood as well, myself, you know, hearing that story and hearing like what you went through to create what is now what I experienced, for example, and, and how that, how that's all kind of come to fruition is just genius. And it inspires me even like hearing it, listening to it. For any of the dudes who are listening and, and might, you know, want to learn about it or understand more about, you know, how they might potentially um, check it out. Like, how can they get in contact with you and learn more or, or p- perhaps like understand what goes on inside the brotherhood? Yeah, best way is just hit me up on Facebook, Andrew Cruzy, K-R-O-E-Z-E. Um, and you can just tell me like what stood out to you if this uh, podcast like helped in any way. Love it. Hearing about that. Um, and then also we bunch of free trainings around creating your values, creating your beliefs, creating your life vision. So happy to support in that way as well. 100%. What would be um what would be your last piece of advice you might give to, you know, your 18, 19 year old self if you were to kind of whisper in his year his ear whatever it was 10, 12 years ago. Mm. Um what first came to mind is uh, life isn't short. It's the longest thing we've ever done and the longest thing we ever will do. Every time I've fucked something up, it's because I've been moving too fast and not being present in the moment and conscious. Um, so just just like <laughs> if shit pops up, it's going to be okay. Life is fucking long. So. Yeah, that's, that's, actually, that's actually really epic advice. I like that. Um, I had I had uh, a previous guy. He worked. He was like a a billion dollar kind of brand strategist for an ecom um, conglomerate of companies, and he said, um, "You can undo just about everything. You know, mm-hmm. just about every single thing can be undone if you know you do the right things. You're honest and you're kind of true with your word." And I was like, "Yeah, wow. You know, it's like yeah. the fear of running out of time and urgency and high pressure we put on ourselves." So. Um, and what's the kind of edge that you're on at the moment or what, what, what kind of fears are coming up for you that, you know, you're going to have to surpass or move through. Uh, doing less, it sounds weird, but, um, I've 
been growing the most when I've been doing the least amount of work now. Cause I have a natural propensity to just like work really fucking hard. And what I've found is like, when I do that, I'm like a horse with those blinders on and I can only see straight forward, but there's so much more of the world out there. And when I, when I slow down and I see the rest of the world, those are when the really good ideas come in. Um, And I make the most growth and the most leaps and bounds. So like, that's the edge that I'm up against. Um, And it's, it's the balance between being in like startup mode for the business Mm. and also um, knowing that it's going to get there and I don't need to rush it. Um, And uh, just taking those blinders off because that's when I come up with my best ideas. That's when I connect with people the most. Um, So, yeah, yeah. That's epic. I just want to recognize you as well, man, because like, you know, being part of the brotherhood now for a couple of months has definitely opened my eyes to a lot of different, uh, I guess, like things that I wasn't so much aware of. And and I think for me, a big thing as an entrepreneur is being the lone wolf gets lonely (laughs) and like having that connection with people who are like similar to you and similar to like what you're doing on a similar path. And there's, no judgment, no kind of like fear of, you know, someone, I'm not sure, having some criticism of you. And it's just very easy to kind of connect in that community. So it's been massively helpful for me. And I I would just, you know, encourage anyone in a similar situation, if you're starting or more so established a little bit, looking to grow and have a good community of like men around you to support you, like head over and speak to Andrew, check this guy out. He's a weapon. And and I can't, um, yeah, can't talk highly enough of like the energy that you bring and, um, just the commitment to doing good by people. I think that's the biggest thing that I can I, I just get from what you do, man. So really, really appreciate and respect what you do, brother. Thank you. Dude, that means so much. Thank you, man. Like Amazing. I just want I just want guys to be able to open up and be vulnerable and like clear that emotional energy uh, yeah. that had me stuck for the longest time. So just hearing that from you, just like I'm like, sweet. That's that's the mission we're on. That's what we're doing. We're it's like, working. Yeah. It's always good to hear. Yeah. 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 I appreciate your heaps, brother. Um, and best places for people to, to check you out. Facebook's the, the number one. Instagram or anything else or mainly just Facebook? Yeah, mainly Facebook. Uh, I also have an Instagram, Captain Cruzy. Uh, I post funny gifts and memes and uh, funny pictures. So if you like that shit, <laughs> go to my Instagram. Head on over to Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, man. I really appreciate you spending some time with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, really appreciate it. Dude, thank you so much. Great questions. And I hope your audience gets a lot out of this. So thank you, Sasha. Thanks a lot. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to Leap of Faith with Sasha Karabut. Please follow Sasha on socials and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed this episode.